remember I said I was going to go really high? Yep. I yes. It. What's up? Yes. Welcome. It's another week. It's another episode of the Music Guy podcast. How are y'all doing? My name's Al Rowe. I'm a music guy. I sing, I write songs. I make records, play guitar. Uh, we're going to talk all about playing guitar today. Uh, in particular, the world, the wild, wonderful world of dynamics. Joining me on the line, all the way from Whippy, Ontario, Mr. Michael Hebbs is here. How are you? I'm in a great mood. Never been better. <laughs> Feels so good. I think we're both feeling the effects of this extended, you know, period of being alone a lot. Yeah. You're in like almost like a almost like a, a delirium, a blissful, crazy, loose delirium. It's nice, you yeah. know? I'm loose. in a pretty good mood today. Yeah. I, like, it's a weird thing because sometimes you really crave interaction. Like, sometimes when I'm like, if I get on the phone with somebody or or if we're doing this podcast or what have you, like, I get really energized by that. Yes. Because I've missed talking to, um, people, you know, my friends and beings. things like that. Yeah. But, um, and I mean, I'm so fortunate to have Katie here, but like, you know... It's nice to also connect with my uh, my friends, right? And yeah. um, I've got my dog. You've got Coop. Okay. I've got Coop too. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, there's these other days. Then there's other days where you just got no energy for it, even though it's the thing that you're not getting enough of, which is bizarre yeah. to me. Do you, do you feel that way too? Yeah. I think uh, it's the same with work. Like on the days that I have like one thing to do, it like looms over me. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this one thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, you know, doing anything all day. Like, you don't have to do anything all day, yeah. at least. But it's like, oh, I just have no energy for it. This uh, lockdown yeah, is, is really it's, it's, janking with me. It's funny how we like settle into the the different realities that we're in. Like, yeah. you know, mid uh, mid 2018, 2019. You know. You've got like three shows coming up. You've got to teach and you're like yeah. doing it all and you're like bang, 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 bang. And you're like, you're stressed out or whatever, but like not, you know, in a huge way. And then it's just like, yeah, it's like now you have like one thing going on and you're like, man, I can't do it. It's, <laughs> it's so, so funny, weird, man. But it's also, it's also kind of weird. But anyways, um, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that, that we're here. Um, and we've got a... A topic today that is, you know, near and dear to my heart. Um, I find myself showing uh, this concept a lot in lessons with some of my students who are a bit more advanced. Like, we're talking like they're starting to play songs, or maybe they're a singer and they're a guitar player. They're not, you know, learning their first three notes on the, the yeah. E string or whatever. So, um, but like a lot of a lot of young uh, start you know guitar players starting out and, and solo artists especially, um, not seeing enough dynamics guys, uh, and and I just wanted to hit that up today. Um, so the word dynamics, I think that means a lot of different things in a lot of different disciplines, but like in particular to music. How would you define dynamics? That's a good fucking question. I mean, so, (laughs) yeah. I I guess it would just be, like, if I were to 
talk about it in a way that it matters to me, it would be like having different sort of like levels of volume and like almost like attack or like um, intensity, you know? So like, Mm -hmm. say for instance, when you see a band that has great dynamics is not just constantly one sort of intensity the whole time. Same with like a show even, you know? It's not just like they're, you know, just fucking your ears for like 40 minutes. There's like a sense of like up and down and, and quiet and loud and intense and soft. But I mean, in a musical sense, it's kind of the same thing. Like in a like music theory sense, you have like piano and forte and all that stuff and all that stuff. But I don't, that's not what mm-hmm. we're talking about. So um, we're not talking about how to sight read dynamics better. But I mean, yeah, I think like on a base, on the most basic level, it's like how loud or quietly or slash softly you're playing your instrument, right? But like you kind of said, it goes deeper than that. It could be um, over the course of a set list, like over the course of a 30 minute show or a 60 yep. minute show, you're going to want to pace that show with like some louder, higher energy stuff early. Maybe a ballad in the middle, maybe break it down. The band goes and has a beer for a bit, and you play by yourself if you're the artist. Um, and then, you know, kick it up for the last couple tunes and, and, and uh, you know, and blow away your, your audience. Uh, so there's a dynamic sort of arc to a show in that way. Um, and yeah, and then also, like, you use the word intensity, which I think is really um, a great word. I'm an intense I think, guy. Like, people, th- I think like the first place your mind would go naturally would be like loud. Louder is more intense. Softer is less intense. Yeah. But um, I think like, and we're going to get into this, but like how you're playing, you know, your attack or like the, the way you're hitting the instrument, even if it's really quiet. Um, or if you're singing, like the way that you're emoting your words at a quiet volume can be like, this could be really intense. You know, oh, yeah, Billie quite, Eilish quite is, is pretty intense. Yeah, she's just exactly. Whispering, That's a great example. Know? Yeah. She's downright scary in some of her songs. Yeah. So, like, intensity um, can actually be built by going, you know, down in volume. Uh, uh, so change, you know, changes in volume can sort of create intensity, and then you know, I, I yeah, dynamically, um, uh, f- in terms of just you know the arc of a song. So if a show has an arc, which generally would be like you know you start off with you know uh, high energy stuff, maybe some mid tempo stuff, and then you break it down, and then you bring it back up, and then it, it's over. You know, a, a song on a smaller level kind of has that arc to it as well naturally so um you know general generally speaking let you know if we're talking about like you know your average mid-tempo kind of pop song or country song or, or rock song or whatever not necessarily a ballad um but it could be uh it's gonna start you know maybe at like a seven out of ten on the volume scale um and then as you work your way through that song you know, when you get to the chorus, maybe you're going to bump it up a little bit. Come to the second verse, bump it down a little bit. Sure. Second chorus, bump it up a little bit. Bridge, you know, could go any different way, but usually there's a breakdown somewhere after the second chorus where it comes way down to like a 3 out of 10 or a 4 out of 10. Yeah. You know? And then there's a moment where 
Uh, it builds back up, and the last chorus is back to 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10. Maybe at the end it's 10 out of 10, like full-on going for it. Um, and so, you know, that general arc to a song um, is pretty easy to – well, not easy, but it's it's a little bit more straightforward to pull off in the context of a band situation or if you're arranging something um, – you know, on uh, on Pro Tools or Logic or whatever, and you can take elements out or add new elements in. Um, you know, that's a great way to sort of uh, you know hit those notes, so to speak. Like when you go to your breakdown, you're going to take the drums away. You're going to take maybe the bass away. You're just going to go down to one acoustic guitar and a vocal, and then you bring those elements back in uh, at the end of that breakdown, coming to your third chorus. And the song's hitting hard again. So um, that's one way to do it. But if you're playing solo, uh, and this is kind of going to be geared towards that, I think, like the the solo acoustic sort of thing, but I think it also applies to um, you know the band dynamic as well. Um, but it, it, when you're playing solo, you have to find ways to emulate those dynamic changes of elements of the song leaving or coming back sure um or the song being smaller and then growing and there's more ways to do that than just simply how loud you're playing right so um but of course that's a great place to start so yeah i i think for like a lot of um people that i'm that i'm coaching or doing lessons with and and you know solo acoustic acts that i see uh, or well, not anymore. But what I that I did see <laughs> before everything shut down, it's like strumming the guitar pretty much as hard as they can the whole time, yeah. and like you know, sort of singing, uh, you know, at a at a moderate to loud volume, depending on how high or difficult the notes are. You know, the voice gets louder as you sing higher, and and whatever. Um, but I think what you'll find if you really um, dig into this particular aspect of performing is that um, you'll become a much more engaging performer. It's like you said with Billie Eilish, like sometimes she's she's just whispering, like the quietest. Yep. Like can you imagine her recording that song? Like she's probably like so close to the mic, the mic's like cranked all the way up just so they can. They, yeah, they don't they don't use a pop filter. They don't use a pop filter and they literally, oh. like, her lips are touching the grill. Yeah. Isn't that fucked? And so you get this super, super yeah. engaging. That's a, that's really, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you end up with this super engaging performance. And in solo acts that I've watched and really enjoyed, uh, you know, like Joey Landreth comes to mind, like his solo stuff without a band. Um, like, he'll be, like, six feet off of the mic and, like, barely touching his guitar and like singing at a conversational level and you know the entire room will be silent because the audience like they want to hear you know yeah what's happening uh and then you know that gives him all kinds of room to to work with um yeah so this this kind of comes into um the first point that i want to make here which is uh don't ever hit your ceiling uh dynamically so what that means is like if you're uh i shouldn't say ever but 
but don't hit you, hit your uh, hit your volume ceiling. So like as a guitar player, the loudest thing you can do if if I'm just solo acoustic, the loudest thing I can do is probably like just strum pretty hard and play all the strings at once, right? So if I'm going like yeah. Right? That's about as loud as I can reasonably play i could probably play a little bit louder but it would just start to sound awful even that doesn't sound great to me and yeah, if my no, whole show is that people are gonna people are gonna not enjoy that right so you only want to get to that ceiling at choice moments when you're trying to um you know maybe at the very end of a song or at the most uh, intense moment of a, you know a louder part of a song or yep. something but you know if that's your 10 out of 10 um you know the rest of the time you want to be operating at you know a six or a seven or sometimes you're going to want to be at a three or a two so in order to sort of define what that range is uh i think you have to get comfortable and find a way to play that's not this yeah. Also, if you need to be physically comfortable doing that, because most people, when they strum, mm-hmm. I think out of, and myself included, out of like just like rustiness or like lack of practice or like anxiety from playing or just, you know, feels better to just whack something. Um, they're not comfortable with just like hitting a chord really gently because that's actually hard. It's way harder. You know, and it, yeah, like what you were talking about there, I feel like with the really, 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 really loud hitting, that's like almost like eleven out of ten, because it's almost more like a like a for show thing. You know, when you're hitting that hard, like I saw this one video that's like a step further than this, and it was this guitar player doing a solo, and at the very end of it, he was hitting really, really hard, and obviously. It, didn't sound good but like people were like whoa you know because it's like cool it looks cool and then at the end of it he started like snapping his strings intentionally and i'm like that's that's a cool show thing but it doesn't sound good but it's cool like visual but i i yeah i used to hit that hard and i still catch myself doing it all the time but it's like it doesn't sound good like and i know when i listen to you play like you never hit that hard you know um well, I try not to. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean, that's an extreme example of where like everybody's on board, like the audience is yes. on a journey with that player where they've yeah. been working towards this for, you know, however long. It's not like they just came out on stage and started doing that. Like I, yeah. I saw a big wreck a few years back and uh and at the very end of their show, like, I mean, they're, they're such a loud band to be with, but, you know, at the end of their show, whatever, like, Ian Thornley's just going crazy so, doing this solo or whatever, and it, it ends up with, like, so much feedback going on and just, like, just noise, right? Yeah. That at the end of his, his solo, he, like, I think he just went, like, I think he just hit all of his strings and, like... It's, you know, this is like the loudest thing you could imagine. Yeah. And, and just like, the, and everything's feeding back. So it's just like cycling and getting huge. And he just puts his guitar on the, on the stage and walks off the stage. And that's the end of the show. <laughs> and so for like the next like minute, for the next minute, it's just like, like the loudest, yeah, yeah. just noise. But it, it was cool because you were yes. like, the entire song had been building to that point And you were like, whoa, this is crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, but if you're not doing that, like, I think a lot of people would benefit from 
dialing back their their volume of attack with their pick or what have you on the guitar because like you're saying it just doesn't sound as good when you're hitting super hard you know if i play this g chord this hard you know it's like ugh, it's, it hurts it hurts me you know i don't even know if it's like an eq thing like it almost sounds like the like when you hit a drum too hard you know what i mean like the notes get kind of mm-hmm. choked like it sounds almost really muddy you know the, yeah it doesn't allow the instrument to sort of resonate nor- normally it's a little bit harsher whereas if i go yeah I'm, I'm hitting like a third as hard but it's like yeah. kind of almost the same volume it's obviously not quite as loud yeah but you hear all that warmth right because the body of the guitar is allowed to resonate do its thing so as a baseline i would suggest to try playing more softly than you think you need to uh and start there uh, especially if you haven't considered this stuff before i mean obviously there's awesome players that are hopefully listening right now who already know this and you know obviously that's <laughs> that's cool but yeah um you know if you haven't considered this before i would really um recommend that because it's helped me a lot in terms of playing um so don't hit your ceiling um so how do we do that we do that by you know not strumming as hard obviously but there's a few different ways we can uh we can sort of manage our volume so that we don't uh you know get too out of control so if we we establish this baseline of like you know the loudest i really want to be playing ever is like You know, that's like, that's my, you know, seven, eight out of ten. Um, yeah. And it's not going to get much louder than that unless I'm going like, you know, I don't know, doing shots or something. Sure, sure. You know, maybe I'll accent a little bit. But I've given myself room to do that um, by, you know, dialing back my my my, uh, my baseline. So, anyways... I think I've talked enough about this. But so what else can we do? So the first thing I wanted to bring up was the pinky trick, which I've never heard of, of this. Naughty, but <laughs> <laughs> but this is something I something I do all the time and um um basically all it is and if you're watching the video version of this you'll you'll be able to see um is on my my picking hand, I'm just taking my pinky finger and sort of resting it slash holding onto the high E string of the guitar. Mm. So if I'm playing my G chord, instead of getting this with the high E in it, if I put my pinky on that E of my picking hand, still hold my G chord the same way if I want, doesn't matter. Now I get this. I see. So... Let's say we're doing everybody's favorite chord progressions, G and C add nine, right? So let's go. Pinky's on right now. The pinky is on. And then let's say we get to our chorus. Now I've got that high E going. Now back to our verse. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so it just adds and takes away one little element. So it's kind of a subtle thing, 
but um, I think it makes a big difference over the course of a song if you're sort of because as a guitar player, if you're so, if you're playing solo, you know you can, there's not a lot of elements you can take away. You've just got the one guitar, but if you can take away a, a string or two, that's kind of like you know a band you know the lead guitar player laying out in the second verse yep. in a band to bring the dynamic down if you could take a couple of your strings away right yeah and you can do that with your pick too for sure just like in terms of choosing what you're hitting you know what i mean like if you're doing yes exactly. I hope i'm in tune like you know instead of doing because i see this a lot when people are strumming too they're doing like and they're hitting their whole guitar they're hitting every single string when they're strumming, you know what I mean? Instead of going like... Uh, yeah. So I'm hitting like some low strings in, in the down strum and then some high strings. But also, too, you could just focus on the lower strings. As opposed to... That definitely would make a difference as well. But yeah, the pinky thing is really cool. I've never thought of that. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's essentially, it's it's the same idea as what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, it's like if you can choose what strings you want to do, uh, what strings you want to hit, yeah, like if I'm going G to C and I'm just, just hitting my lower three, you know, and then in my chorus I bring them all in. Yeah. Right, and so for me, holding that 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 high e with the pinky is just a way of of sort of doing that without consciously trying to not hit it with the pick yes yeah Um, so you know it might be worth um trying for for you folks at home um so yeah that's one sort of quick way to do uh to sort of lower your volume in your verses is just hold it with the pinky and then you're you know you're good um palm muting is another thing that uh, I'm sure, like a lot of guitar players, have obviously heard of, um, and that's where you're sort of taking the 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 side, sort of more the side than the palm, but it's like the yeah. side of your picking hand, sort of as your pinky comes down on the side there. You know, there's sort of like a fleshy part of the hand, and it's you're, the part you're, you karate chop things with. Karate chop, that's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, and you're you're sort of resting that on the bridge so that. For me, it's I'm, I'm kind of like right on the the what would this thing be called the saddle I, I, or something? I, I don't guess know. yeah, I, I guess that would be the saddle. Yeah, I'm bad with the yeah. anatomy. Of so a I guitar. like I don't want to be like on the strings because yeah, I mean I guess it could be. It's going to be really if tight. You're playing like if heavy Metallica, distorted guitar sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then the further I get towards the bridge, it opens up. So if I yeah. come in, I, it's maybe a little too much, you know. This is sounding a little better. And then this is a little bit more open. So I've got some options there. Um, and I'm also, just by habit, I'm doing the pinky thing right now. I'm holding onto that high E string as well so that mm-hmm. I don't hit it. So, you know, I've only got five strings playing. Or four, I guess, depending on which chord I'm on. And palm muting. And if you're doing a verse, you know, and then you can build out of it. Yeah. And here's your chorus. Um, so, you know, pretty straightforward stuff, but like, I, I just feel like 
I don't see people doing this as much, and I, I, I yeah. want to. Uh, especially in that, I, one thing that I like to do is, like, um, I'm always sort of thinking, I'm always, I'm like, imagining that I'm playing with a band if I'm playing solo, because that's, like, what I wish I was doing all the time. Sure. Um, and so, in, like, a typical, I, I don't know why, I don't know why I think this way. There's, I'm sure there's, like, a, a reason, but, like, for me, it's like the second verse is the more groovy verse. The first verse is like kind of normal. The second, uh, the first chorus is louder. The second verse is like the groovier verse. So, like, I'll probably hmm. you'll it, it, you know I'll tend to play like the first verse kind of more lightly and and you know less um, busy, you know, loud and all that. And, you yeah. know, yeah, and less busy. Here's my first verse, you know, and then. And then when I get into the chorus, it gets louder. I add more strings. And then here's the second verse. Sure. You know, building up into... That's kind of like a forte piano kind of deal where you're building... Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when you can hit... You can touch your... You flirt with your volume ceiling for a second there and then come right down. And that's yeah. going to, like, draw your audience in, I think. Um, I'm sure uh, drummers it's, it's, you know, it's a, think about this all the time. You know what I mean? Dynamics. Mm, more so than us yeah. fucking guitarists. You know? Yeah, they, you're probably right. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're just doing yeah. the same thing for the whole song. You know? Like, yeah, so, that's true. It, yeah, they're not... <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing with drummers like it's yeah. like like i feel like if you left out a few details you're like man that job's really easy but it's like oh well they're just <laughs> focusing on things on such like a micro level that i just i just don't and i'm trying to but i'm but i definitely yeah. like compared to like 16 year old me i'm like i'm playing the right note and i'm playing fast so right it. exactly yeah and i mean they're they're also playing you know four limbs at once or whatever yeah yeah um, but uh yeah so i mean palm is pretty straightforward but like coming even out of a, a chorus and building into a um, you know because most people think like well you're building you're building so you can get louder but like sometimes if you yeah. build and then you don't get louder it's yeah. like you know it's not what people were expecting so um they uh it draws them in right it gets their attention it builds intensity uh, yeah. sudden changes in dynamics like that can really build your intensity actually if in, in a good way um so palm you kind of an obvious one but uh really worth working on in your strumming i think um having consistent downstrokes palm muted yeah you know good timing good evenness I'm doing a little bit of accenting, so playing around with, you know... That's another thing as well, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, boom. And, and again, this is like, you know, I'm thinking about a, I'm thinking about a band. I'm thinking about what's a drummer doing. Yep. Um, you know, is the drummer going goons, pats, booms, pats, booms, Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So, you know, I'm hitting those, like you were saying earlier, choose what strings you want to do. The ba- And this is like a Dave Grohl thing. The low strings are the bass drum. The high strings are the snare drum. Sure, boom, sure. Pop, boom. Yeah, yeah. It sounds so like, it sounds so um, infantile or whatever, but it's like, 
if you do this stuff when you're playing solo, it makes such a huge difference for your yeah. listeners, I feel, to well, like, draw them into this world of, of there's there's a band playing here, even though there's not. It's like there's so many different ways when you do that to do a strumming pattern, too. Like, if you take, like, Brown Eyed Girl, like... You know what I mean? If you if you do... Yeah. So there I'm hitting every single string at once, and I, I don't ever, like, really... I don't ever feel like that's a good idea. Like, I've never... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the same pattern, right? And that's so much different than... Yep. You know what I mean? But there's a bajillion ways to do that because you're choosing high and low strings and... um and like how many strings it sounded great it sounded really groovy man yeah. it, was, it was good it was happening but yeah I mean just practicing your downstrokes being you know even, even and yeah. then being able to strum up and down and do any yeah. of your you know like if you're talking about the brown eyed girl sort of pattern of being able to do that palm muting sure yeah and it's a loose palm mute, you know, like I'm not... Yes, but that was one of the things that I was going to mention as well. I mean, I well, could, but, um, but... With with palm muting is you have to get used to taking it on and off. You're not just always palm muting. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not just always going... You know, there's like... That takes some getting used to. I remember really struggling with that. Um, that makes a huge difference. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, even just lifting it off for the odd note. Yep. adds so much groove and i mean inside of playing with a band this is gonna do a lot as well too like i yeah. you know like yeah this is gonna this is gonna do a lot solo but you know a pattern like that now it's like what are the other what are the other members of the band gonna do to sort of complement that rather than just going yep. <laughs> it's yeah. like so much less yeah. interesting, right? So, um, so so much more musical when you when you're sort of thinking about these things. So the ne- the next thing is arpeggio, um, which is you know you're playing different strings of the chord individually. Um, so again, we've got our G chord. Yep. So this is a good way to have some forward motion, but bring uh the dynamic level down or like imply that there the, the to me it, it implies that there's not there wouldn't be drums playing in the if it in was a pedio? full band here to me it implies implies that there there wouldn't be drums oh, this would be like my it, breakdown yeah it'd be pretty yeah. hard to hear that you know what i mean i'm trying to think of a situation in which there would it would be rare like i like I think in uh, Stop This Train, is there a drum going, or is that just guitar? I don't know. I think it's mostly him just yeah. doing, like... It would uh, be, like, you would barely notice the drums there. Like, nine times out of ten, you're not arpeggiating when a drummer's doing things. I I mean, you're not arpeggiating yeah. in that sense. Like, I, there's a... There's that that pattern. I was working on... There's a Marin Morris song, and he does that sort of thing. But that's a whole different thing. You're talking about like just going through. Mm-hmm. Like uh, another song that I'm working on is. Mm-hmm. 
Do you know what song that is? Not yet. Is um, that a Lone Star tune? It's that uh, Alison Crowe song. I think it's just called When You Say Nothing oh, At All. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And in the case of that, it's the same thing. Like, it's arpeggiating. And it's like, yeah, there's not going to be a drummer during that. Once again, in like, that, not in that song, but in the second verse of that, you might actually be going to chords, you know? Like, <laughs> maybe because you want to bring the energy up, you know what I mean? But just like having that available mm-hmm. instead of just always being stuck it. For that song, it makes sense to do that and just lay it down. Um, but that's yeah, like, and it's kind of like a fundamental part of the song too, right? Yeah, man, is that a great yeah. song? That's hard to do. That stuff is hard to do. Like that's once again, like, and I'm not, I'm not like blowing smoke up your ass. Um, but that is like the thing that like I, I like so much about your playing. And it's it's undervalued like 10 years ago when we were younger. You know, it's like, oh, man, this dude can like shred. And it's like, but like n- no one can really do what you're doing. You know what I mean? With your rhythm, like with you mm. specifically, oh, Al. Thanks, it's like uh, that is so hard to, to get, you know. Um, and you can work on it, obviously, but nobody does. You know how hard to hit. Well, and I mean, I can't solid, and I can't play the shreddy stuff. So, yeah, but nobody gives a shit yeah, about that. Stuff. Well, at least I don't. I mean, you can, <laughs> you, you can shred, you can solo and stuff. You play lead guitar. I just mean in, in the sense of that. There's a lot of guys who can shred, but there's just not a lot of guys that can do what you're doing. You know, like say for instance that part, mm. nothing at all. That's really tough for me to mm. do that. Just arpeggiate stuff on acoustic. You know. Um, yeah, so the, it's, it's, band, the worst one, maybe not the worst one, but uh, um, I'm going to butcher it. Um. Yes, yes. Yeah. What? What yeah. is that song? Uh, uh, it's something the like Urban Keith song. Urban, right? Uh, that, that, that video is very sexy. Long Hot Summer. Can't I, sleep. Yeah, I oh, remember, great tune, I remember watch, learning that song and watching the video and being like, man, I can't. I gotta turn this off, man. It's just like two people pretty much banging in a car. Like, I'm pretty sure it's oh, that. Oh, I think I've seen that actually. Yeah. yeah. It's oh very no, no, no. Sexy. you're thinking of. Uh, I think it might be. A, is that a? Oh, maybe it is that one. Or maybe it's a different. One. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know the video you're talking about. Though it's very. There's sexy. one. Uh, um, maybe. Oh, it's a different Keith Urban song then maybe. There's certain yeah, videos like that. I, know, I, I can't I know watch. Mean, it's distracting. Yeah. Can't um, handle my emotions. Too distracting, man, for sure. Um, so anyway, that one's particularly hard because you got to palm mute and arpeggiate. But arpeggiating is, is one of the hardest things to do. But even just like if you're just playing a song solo, um, and by the way, like I, I don't know if this goes without saying, but like this is all stuff that might not be in the song. Yeah. Actually, like if you're doing a cover song, right? Like if I'm doing Brown Eyed Girl, you know. And my chorus is this. La 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 tida. Right? My second verse can be this. Yep. And the second verse is not that. Guaranteed, there's yeah. there's no instrument on the original record that's doing that. Yeah. But if I'm playing this yeah. at a bar, like, I'm going to do that because it's going to imply that the band came down. The drummer closed yeah. the hi-hats. You know, the, the lead guitar player stopped soloing. You know what I mean? It, it just... It, it implies that and then if i wanted to break the song down for some reason 
Uh, maybe the third verse, if there is one, I don't remember. Um, you know. Here's my breakdown. Sure. Yeah. And I'm not really doing like any particular picking pattern, but it's just kind of like being aware that, kind of just feeling it uh, after a certain while. Or maybe, you know, if, if you're new to this stuff, you, you pick out a couple of patterns that you like and get good at them. But like, yeah. just even just strumming a chord in a breakdown of a song and just going. Yes. Leaving space. Yeah. Hitting a couple strings in there. It's just like it, it continues the forward motion of the song without, um, you know, but 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 allowing you to keep your, your perceived dynamic level down. And, like, and you're not fatiguing the listener. Exactly. And you might not even be playing that much more quietly than you were yeah. when you were doing the chorus. Yeah. But it just... Imp- it's intense. It implies yeah. that you are, even though you're you're kind of not. Um, so, arpeggiating, nice, for, especially for breaking stuff down. Um, this next one is is one that I think is important too. Do you know what I mean by thwacking? I like wrote it in the notes, so I wasn't sure if you were like gonna grab it. You know what thwacking I mean? Whacking the guitar. Thwacking the guitar. Are you talking like? Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Like that's definitely yeah, man. That's definitely a, a for John Mayer doesn't like it on electric, but for acoustic, um, that's a big one for me on electric. Yeah. I like it, but um, just have like to be comfortable with that. Uh, I, I that's all I have um, to say is that it's awesome. It's it's hard to get. I I don't know when I learned how to do it. I, I think yeah. I was just playing a lot of solo gigs there was a couple of years where i was just playing like two solo gigs a week at least like yeah every no, weekend i remember I was that. driving to guelph you know and um and i i guess i was just watching people and just you know in a way like solo gigs if you're doing the three setter you know you're in the corner of a restaurant or bar or whatever and like people are kind of listening but it's not super high pressure gig you just kind of have to be there and be playing um it can be a nice sandbox to try these things sure. out. And I think that's what I was doing over those couple of years. It was just like, I'm going to figure out how to add a backbeat to like every song I do. Sure, yeah, you yeah. Know? I, <laughs> and it's one of those things that I think you can overdo it. And of anything, this is actually maybe the one that people do too much, dare yeah. I say. Yeah. I feel like every, t- every, time I get a, every time I get a song demo that's been recorded on somebody's phone, you know, like the writing session circle... demo there's like two guitar players and all i can hear is just like (laughs) i can't even hear what the chords are it's just like (laughs) yeah (laughs) because everybody's like so into it and they're like you know just grooving super hard on the on the song or whatever and it's great but but i think being a be careful again dynamically that you're not hitting it too hard because if you're going through like a pa system with some bass on it that's really gonna carry so there's a certain delicacy that you need to have in in hitting the guitar but yeah just sort of um it's hard to teach this one too but like you're sort of almost like coming down with a palm mute on the right hand and picking the strings at the same time that's sort of how i think of it yeah but also do you ever do the thing where you where you push the strings down like uh (laughs) 
Like, even that's something we should mention, just killing the notes. That's another thing as well. Like, I'm literally going... Yeah, eh. yeah, that's a good... You know what I mean? Like, that's definitely yeah, something worth mentioning. Of- because there's a big difference between... And, like... Not even, like... You don't have to get that thwack. You could just get that... Just the notes dying. Yeah. You know, that's true. a big one. But, yeah, no. Yeah. Sm- smack I, your guitar. I, that's a great point. Yeah. Uh, and also to that point as well like if you can't quite get the coordination um but even like a chord like a for example just sort of relaxing the chord grip with your left hand and maybe like if you're watching this video like you can see i'm putting kind of my other fingers on the strings with my left hand yeah so that i get this this muted sound right yeah You know, that'll give it that, that groove as well. Um, so this is a really useful one. Again, this is kind of like a second verse thing. It's like, I, this is like, sure. I want to feel like the drums are in the song now. You know, or maybe yeah. it's like a halfway through the first verse thing, right? So maybe I'm going, you know, um, here's my first verse. I'm kind of strumming, kind of arpeggio. I love that Brown Eyed Girl is the song of this episode. And then here here comes the drums. Here comes the drums. Yeah, yeah. You know, so just, again, implying that things are coming in or leaving the arrangement, uh, even though you're just one one player, right? Um, so, yeah, that's a great one. Adding that, that thwack. That, yeah, that, that's uh, what I that call drum it. beat. Uh, yeah, I like it. Um, so another way uh, to do this sort of thing is by using different chord voicings. So um, uh, most of us, I think, are familiar with you know the quote unquote cowboy chords. You know the, the yeah. second, third fret kind of stuff. D, G, A, E, right? Um, but like G, for example, everybody's favorite chord. You know, take that up to, you know, 10th fret on your A string uh, and 12th fret on your B string and sure. just play the, the middle four strings of your guitar. You know, now I've got this. Yep. So when I'm going, you know, G to C, I could go like this, you know. And I'm just sliding Kinda it down like the third fret to C. Thing. Yeah. It's going to give a change of flavor too because people are going to get tired of listening G-C-N-D. to G, C, and D all night on an yeah. acoustic guitar, right? So, like, how can you make that more interesting? Switch it up. Go there. Go to a bar chord. Yeah. Bar, bar chords kind of behave differently too. You know what I mean? Like, you can release yeah. them. That's a big, that's a big thing. Fucking out of tune. Love that so much. Yeah. Love this guitar because of that. <laughs> but uh, you can't do that with an open chord. At least I can't. That sort of like pulsing boom, 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 boom. You know, like I. Yeah. That's me doing the same strumming pattern. I'd have to kill the notes. But that sounds different than. Um. Another one that I like in terms of yeah. voicings, there's a really, really good 
if you want to see literally the perfect uh, acoustic set, uh, it is Prince Acoustic. Uh, I think it was live for MTV. It was from the Musicology Tour, and it's it's literally the perfect acoustic set. Now, obviously, like for you know, if you're like a singer songwriter and you're not planning to be like a guitar virtuoso, because he plays, you know. He, I don't want to say he plays bullshit, but I I call everything bullshit. When you're not playing like chords, when you're playing yeah. fills and shit, I call that bullshit. And not in a bad way, it's just what I yeah. call it. Um, and Prince is like my yeah. favorite guitarist, so I would never besmirch his great name. But um, yeah, like he, he nails that, you know, different voicings. Like he does this one where his thumb comes over the top. That's kind of what I was doing there. And then he's playing kind of like an F shape. Uh, mm. and, but he's playing it on like the third fret. Gotcha. And that one, you can kind of get the pulsing yeah. bass with it, right? And you can do it with a minor minor chord as well, um, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't hurt to learn some fills too. You know what I mean? And I've never seen that before. Mm. So, But if you want to watch that, literally if you were able to kind of do what he's doing in these uh, videos over everything you're doing, you'd be good. Like it's like a master class on on how to do an acoustic set. Also, his crowd interaction is unreal. It's like it's wicked. It's it's insane. Nice. Oh, I gotta check that out. Are there any other sort of voicing things that I'm not? I guess yeah. Like just yeah. to get back to the bar chord thing. Um, yeah. Like one of the ones I remember this really hitting me was uh, was it called Head Over Boots by John Party. Sure. It's a big country hit of couple years ago and it's like the you know i was learning and i was like oh it's g and i'll love you and hold you tight all right this is easy d e minor c you know whatever no big deal and then i realized it's like no no no, it's those chords but they're bar chords they're sure. and they're only the bottom four strings oh sure Which rings a lot differently than the open string chords, right? It just sounds yeah. different. So, yeah. um, you know, dynamically, it's a little bit less loud because open strings are one of the loudest things you can do, uh, especially on acoustic guitar. But and they're tonally different, you know. Yeah, it, they the just sound. ring different, right? So yeah, yeah. So if you um, if you experiment with doing some of those some of the time, I know they can be kind of a pain on acoustic because particularly hard to to fret and stuff. But um, you know, even just doing like you're saying, just play some of the bottom strings instead, or like thumb over the top, get the low string yeah. with the thumb, and then do your do your F shape on top. The thing know. that I like about that too is is um, sonically, it, I don't want to say it's less money, like, but that chord's got a lot in it, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you take out that middle note, it's pretty clear where the bass is. Yeah. And it's pretty clear where the chord yep. is. And then on the top, you have that, which is awesome. Yeah, with those, you can also take away the high E pretty easily by just yeah. unflattening yeah. your index finger. You know, so again, yeah. you can ju- now we're just playing one, two, three, four strings. We're skipping the A string by way of just touching it with the thumb. And then we're skipping the high E string by way of of kind of touching it with uh, the back of the index finger. Now you've just got a nice, simple sort of voicing yep. that's going to, um, you know... It's going to leave you, you real well, but not give away... 
right? going to leave you the room. Exactly. You're not going to give yeah. away, like, here's the most I can do. It's like, yeah. no, let's, let's start here. And then let's get there later. I was going to ask you, what do you think about power chords on acoustic guitar? Oh, they sound great. They sound great? Okay, because I, yeah. I, I never know. I, I never know great. if that's like a, a, a thing. I mean, it, the nice thing is they don't take up as much, like, space, you know, as like a mm-hmm. big open chord. But I never know if that's like, I never know when to do them, you know? I, like, obviously, if it's like a rock I don't song. do them all that all that often really to be honest yeah i mean i guess i don't use them that much i was just thinking like the first thing that came to mind is like doubling an electric part on a recording yeah an acoustic you know just playing power chords um that the electric's playing it just adds like an extra sort of um sheen to it all and 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 definition but uh like green day does that a lot if you listen to any green day there's always an acoustic or often an acoustic doubling uh or two acoustics doubling the rhythm electrics just give it more um yeah give it more attack but when would i actually use this i mean yeah i don't know there was that song i know that, like something about. about a truck or whatever yeah. you know that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like that one's kind of got a power chord in it because that sounds weird to do it with a major chord you know what i mean to do like that with a major chord yeah that sounds cheap. There's definitely like I'll play the I'll play the A power chord a good amount actually. Yeah. Just the open two two the A. Well, especially if you were doing something like um, that that uh, Van Halen song. Like you can't do that without a power chord. Yeah. And if you did that with a full chord, yeah. there's a lot of situations where it's like if you did full chords, you'd sound like an idiot. Like I was telling one of my students about this, like doing, um, oh, what's that song? You know, uh, oh, I'm so ahead of tune. Back in black. Yeah. For some reason, I couldn't get the name. Uh, but if you do that with full chords, yeah. it sounds awful. Sure. You know what I mean? So if you're doing that on acoustic, you <laughs> doesn't, probably doesn't hit the shouldn't same. do that. Yeah, there's another. I mean, there's a. There's been a. I'm sure that we could come up with tons of examples. Like even like uh, like Courage by the Tragically Hip. You know, just starts with that. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's based around that that A. I don't really want to hit that that major third on the A. I kind of just want to yeah. hit it. You know, as an A. And even if we're thinking about like G, like if I take away the A string of the G, if I just skip it, that's essentially a power chord because it's yeah. not hitting any yeah. any thirds, right? And D, I'll often, very often just play yes. D without the, the top note, which is a power chord. Do you often do, like I'm talking more so about like, like you know, like... I'm playing. This is this would be your B, but like an actual like almost like rock guitar power chord. Do you do you ever find yourself doing that? Like other than I mean, those I'm sure I do. I, I can't. Yeah, I, I can't think of because um, on a, also on acoustic, like I'm capoing so so often that. Did you hear that Leah played a a gig with a guy who didn't? This is like she said ages ago in her past. She played a gig with a guy who refused oh, yeah. to use a capo. It's like refused. that's not a, not a part oh my of my gosh. sound. I refuse not to use a capo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if someone was like, "Oh yeah, like 
you can't use the cable in the span. I'd be like, oh, okay, so you just want me to sound bad then. That's like telling like a carpenter yeah. you can't use a hammer. You know what I would do? Like I would do power chords on something like Shut Up and Dance, like Washington. Sure. You know, yeah, like in yeah. the chorus, I would, I would maybe play full chords. But maybe in the solo. Yeah. It's not really going to sound the the same if you don't, but I don't know. I mean, you could hit them a little harder. Yeah. Like, I guess it's almost like if I was like a listener to take away from that is obviously it would be ideal if on every song that you know and are playing, if you had these available, you know, like it'd be good a good exercise yeah. because it may come up in the future. Like, oh, this song's in B and i need to do power chords oh i only know power chords in e and g you know it would be a good exercise Mm -hmm. to be like oh well what are the different voicings that that you know that i have available that aren't like because some voicings on acoustic guitar like i'm i don't think you're ever going to hear that for like i'm i'm playing a b flat but really on this guitar i'm playing a b i'm just tuned down the thing but like i don't hear you know, you don't hear that sort of thing on yeah. on acoustic. More of an electric thing. Yeah. I mean, I think when it would when they would come into play too, it would be like if you're playing an E, because like open E, you know, you're gonna do your A sus two, your B sus, your C sharp minor with the yes, the high yeah. strings ringing. But then like in a verse of that song, you know, I'm gonna take sure. those high strings away, and then I'm left with you know power chords. Yeah, the power chords sound particularly good when you palm mute them as well. So, oh, and you can, yeah, they're a bit more rhythmic, a bit more guttural. You can hit them harder. Yeah, you know that's a different sound than yeah. both are good. Just what do you want to do, right? Um, that's a what. That's one way of like playing a little softer, little little more, little less loud, and you know volume, but still having intensity. Yeah. Because you can kind of, it's more percussive, right? So, um, the last thing I wanted to hit up was just finger picking, which is kind of a, a whole topic of its own. But like, you know, if you're able to switch um, from, you know, and this is a lot of times going to be like an arpeggio thing, but like, and if you're doing that, but you do it with a. You know, with with fingers, um, that can be a really effective way to really bring it down to yep. like a two out of ten or whatever. Um, and uh, and you know, finger style stuff can be real nice. Um, a lot of acoustic songs sort of have it built in. You know, yes, as I like knew a theme. That was gonna come but out. you can also, oh yeah, but you can also. Um, yeah. You know, do it as a as you know, in any progression if, if brown eyed girl again, you know. Yep. You know, it just it it works there too. So um but that's sort of a whole topic uh, y- of, of its own. There are some players um, that don't use a pick at all. Um one that comes yeah. to mind and it's it's like he can use a pick it's just he prefers not to that's like his sound is marcel uh marcel rousseau I oh think yeah, yeah, yeah his last name he uses yeah. his fingers and it's like 
like it's a different tone you know like that's a like if you're really getting mm. into the weeds like when when you hear somebody strumming like with a pick versus their fingers it's gonna be a lot duller There's another thing also with your fingers. Um, now, I'm going to butcher this because I don't do this. Have you ever heard of frailing? It's kind of where you sort of like expand your your hand, like you roll out your hand. Yeah, yeah. So there are yeah, people who strum like, strum like that. Like, I, once again, know nothing about flamenco guitar, but that's what I think they're doing. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, I think you're right. That sort of thing. But the idea is I'm Ring, picking yeah. with my thumb and then I'm flicking uh, my middle finger and that sounds a lot different than going with a pick you know like one's louder but just yeah. the tone of it is going to be different you know I'm trying to think of who, mm-hmm. who plays who plays acoustic guitar with their fingers um, and it sounds really good Ed Sheeran I think does a bunch yeah yeah like not finger picking um, particularly but almost like they're using their fingers to strum as like a exactly yeah yeah can't think of it he does that a lot i think yeah or i mean even on this just the most basic level like strumming with your thumb instead of yes it has a different tone strumming with the pick you know yeah different tone much much lighter dynamics and you could do that for the verse and then Bring the pick in for the chorus, and you're going to get a huge bump there, and yeah. it's going to make the song more it's exciting. Something. Um, that's all I got for this topic. Do you have anything else you want to hit up? Um, I mean, not not really. Like, I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, like that's that's about it for like getting dynamics out of your, your performances. I mean, I once again know nothing about this because I've never done a solo gig, but. There's just stuff that I, I'm always from like the sidelines being like, yeah, they should do this. But it's like, well, you're not doing that, Mike. So, you know, like I don't want to be like a backseat driver. Yeah. But it is cool to, to be from that different perspective. One thing that I think would be cool on acoustic that I want to see more is like like thirds, like, for like verses and shit like that. Mm. Um, or even like, not like riffs, but like funkier riffs, like you know what I mean. Uh, just that sort of stuff. Yep. But uh, I don't know if that would sound good. And also, too, you'd have to sing while doing that, so that's the problem. I think it would. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it would sound dope. Do you do tenths ever on yeah. on, on on acoustic? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, in yeah, with the. Uh, with the ring out, but do you ever do the like the the Justin Bieber "Love Yourself" thing? You know, like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you find yourself doing that, or yeah, is that, that could more? Be, in, yeah, I'd probably do that if if it was what was in the song. Yeah, I don't but find you myself busting that out. Um, yeah, you wouldn't write that into a part. I mean, I I, I don't do it very much. Maybe I should do it more. Yeah. <sighs> But, I do uh, wonder about these things, but, you know? Yeah, it's, it's an option. Yeah. Um, you can do them on the E and uh, E and G strings as well. Classic tune. Uh, remember that one? Collective Soul? Uh, oh, yes, yeah. Ooh, there is one more thing that is worth mentioning. 
is like drop D. Uh, and this is more so a question on mm. my part. Well, how do you think drop D comes across on acoustic? Depending on the riff, right? I think it sounds good. Yeah, I mean, if you're... That low D? Uh, if you've got a riff that really wants it, like... You know, Everlong comes to mind for me. Yes, as a sure. Song that you kind of have to be drop D. Because you want to be able to get yes. this chord, which is like... Five five seven seven open open, you know, being able to be able to play the open top open strings E and B as you move through these yeah. drop D voicings is pretty effective, right? So But I wouldn't like just because a song is in D, I wouldn't automatically drop the D. But like, so say for instance, do you? Because I, I always wonder more so about like, I almost find that that I'm out of tune once again. But um, that's like, uh, do you find that that's too deep when you're doing like for an acoustic? I almost find once again, I've never done it myself. I think it depends on the song. Like, yeah. if you're. Um, you know, if you're if the song calls for it, I think that's more of like a characteristic yeah. of the song, right? So like, you know, fishing in the dark. Um, sure. Yes. You know, that's pretty clearly there's a drop D thing going on. Um, you know. Um, yes. Is that Creed? Uh, American Honey by Lady uh, Annabelle. Oh, okay. You know. Um, or yeah, Creed, any Creed song, of course. But but yeah, because I know, hear um, all I hear are glimpses of your but, guitar because um, the gate, or because of my internet connection. So oh, I, okay. I just thought I heard yeah. the beginning of whatever Creed song that was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't be able to pull off uh, higher by Creed without being a drop. Deep. We should uh, I try to get Scott Stapp on the podcast. You know, he's not doing anything right now. Big fan. Big fan, Scott. He's wicked. Get on here. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But no, I probably wouldn't tune down much just because then I got to tune and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if the song calls for it, there's some some iconic ones. Um, Yeah, you're going to tune down for them. But um, you can also fake drop D pretty effectively like even that lady a tune i was just doing like if i just mute my low e string with my thumb and play the a and the d open i mean obviously it's not the same but it's pretty close you know especially in a band context sort of like live maybe in the studio Yeah. yeah like the drop d but i just i do find that like a pickup's like a guitar pickup plugged in, uh, like acoustic guitar pickup plugged in to the PA with the drop D with those big mm-hmm. deep notes. I don't know if it comes across. Can be muddy. Yeah. One thing that uh, I always do, I don't know if you do this with G, is I take my index finger off and I let that oh, note yeah. kind of go away because I find that, that that B is too muddy. If that's too muddy, then man. Yep drop d is gonna be muddy as fuck well it's a third i mean true drop that, d at that. least it's a fifth yeah, yeah that's but true the, yeah i mean you know like the g thing i'll bring it in for effect 
Yeah. Oh, but I usually leave it out. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it is cool. Like the art yeah. of playing acoustic guitar is something that man, I like. I would trade all of the wanky stuff that I do for just being a guy who could just fucking come in and be like a drummer but on acoustic guitar be like a great drummer but on acoustic guitar you know like irreplaceable uh, you know? it's, I, I, I think you're not giving yourself enough credit but the, I, you know I've heard you play acoustic and oh yeah I can, pl- I can play it now um, but, but I'm it, talking about it, you know, I, I want and, more Al I want more I want to be I want to be the shit yeah of course uh, yeah, I mean, acoustic is is definitely a different instrument in a lot of ways, and I, I don't feel as at home on electric uh, as I do playing acoustic, and I'm sure th- the the opposite is true for somebody like yourself who yeah. plays mostly electric guitar. Yeah. So, But I, I think these dynamic things, I mean, on electric, you've got pedals, you've got yep. volume, you know, you've got volume pedals, you've got uh, your, your pot volume pot to control stuff you've got different effects you're switching and you're playing with a band so it's a whole yeah and you're typically playing with a band so there's all kinds of stuff you can you can do in addition but i think all this stuff still applies um because there's a lot of like great guitarists who you know the mythos about them is that they just went straight into the amp you know no pedals like Angus Young or whatever, isn't that the thing about him? It's like no pedals, not, just straight uh, to the amp. I'm kind pretty, of thing? yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. I, I'm not sure. I'm trying to think of guitarists like that. I'm pretty sure Jeff Beck is like that. Um, I, I, I don't want to say Eric Clapton's like that, but I'm sure at one point he was. But that's the whole thing. Like Derek mm. Trucks is like that. Um, definitely all these things, like just you know having dynamics in your playing and almost having like we didn't mention this specifically this way, but like having the dynamics in your playing, like a drummer has ghost notes. You know what I mean? Not every strum is mm, the same velocity or like uh, aggressiveness, you know, mm-hmm. that's definitely something that I'm, I'm still working on and, and just making sure that like when you're playing a strumming pattern, like it's not, you know, like everything the same velocity. Because even then, I, obviously it was a bit right. sloppier, but it still sounded way less professional, you know? That's always what I'm trying, right, trying to, to get true. across. Yeah. It's professional, you know? Like, that that seems yeah. to be the thing. Professionalism? No, but like it, with the sound, it, there are certain sounds that I like associate with like a professional guitarist. You know, like when I listen to, I bring up Justin right. way too much on this podcast, or when I listen to someone at a really oh, yeah. high level, to bring up. It's, it's like um, you can just hear that it's professional. They could play the same riff that I'm playing or that you're playing, but it's just going to sound better because of the little subtle changes that they've made, you know, which is so cool. I think that's the neatest thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we should try to get Justin on. Yes. That would be unreal. Yes, that would be unreal. So there's a note in here saying Rhett Shull video. Oh, so... um. I was I was thinking we were going to talk more about like the the physics of playing guitar and playing it well and which is a video we're totally going to do. Mm. Um, but you were talking about hitting hard versus soft, right? And there is actually a video um, by Rhett Schull, and we'll include it in the notes for this. Essentially, he talks about how hard you hit the guitar uh, and how hitting softer oh, actually sweet. might just be better. Like that was my understanding. Yeah. My understanding now is that this not the soft you hit, but we should be hitting like almost like 30, 40% softer because that brings out more of 
tone is the wrong word, but it allows things tonally to sound better. You know, like say for instance, if you hit too hard, you're mm-hmm. not even, you're not going to hear the strings properly. You know what I mean? You're just going to hear when you're playing. You know. Um, yep. So in his video, mm-hmm. he talks about the science behind that. And he talks with Tim Pierce in it actually. He's this amazing session guitarist. Oh, nice. Uh, and so say, for instance, when you're playing like a blues line, you know what I mean? Something like that. Mm-hmm. You probably, it probably didn't make it through the gate there, but, um, I no, was it did. And it sounded hit. way better. <laughs> yeah. And the idea is you could be louder then, right? So instead of me, if I play quieter and they turn me up louder, we'll be at equal volumes, but my tone will just be better. You know what I mean? Um, right. Uh, yeah. And so, I mean, if you want to work on that stuff, you have to hit whisper quiet. Like it, that definitely did not make it through the gate. Uh, but that's a really cool thing <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. It's very, very neat. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the first things that when I took a lesson with Justin, he said like, pick, pick way quieter, like pick yeah. super softly when you're yeah. practicing your, you know, your scales and your stuff. And it's like, okay, shit. Yeah. And it's, you know, and that was probably one of the first times that I even had somebody tell me that. And yeah. I mean, that was a couple of years ago only. But, but Same with yeah, drums, over apparently. the last couple of years, I've really noticed, oh, yeah, big time with drums. Like yeah. someone was saying uh, yeah. that uh, John Bonham, which I don't necessarily believe specifically with John Bonham, but they're saying that he didn't hit hard. It was just the compressors, how they set them. But like if you look at him, he's like, I see him going like, Wah! you know, he looks like a fucking Viking when yeah, he's playing. Really but uh, apparently, I, that's yeah, I, I don't know about that, but I mean, I do. I, you can definitely hear it in some of the the '60s and '70s bands. Most of the '60s and '70s bands, even the more like alternative, progressive ones, like they're not hitting their instruments that hard. Yeah, like I mean, if, if um. You know, if you go back to the Beatles or whatever, like Ringo's playing quite softly most yeah. for the most part, I think, um, and it still sounds huge. And um, I mean, like like Blue Oyster Cult, like I don't know why that's oh, yeah. mind, but you know, like uh, dude, this, the sound of that record, yes, yeah. But like you know, you know, they were like <laughs> song is so heavy and 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 progressive, but the drumming is not. They're not wailing. Yeah. Like it's it's you know, and I think the players of that era were coming from the era of like jazz and and blues or, or whatever being on top, where um, you know, you weren't hitting as hard as you possibly could. I don't know when that started. Maybe in the eighties, or maybe you know, people trying to mimic the sound of super hyper compressed drums yes. from like hair metal bands yeah. and stuff, or like Phil Collins stuff, where they like you know. Do, 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 do. you know that that sounds like he's wailing i don't know if, you know how hard phil hits rich would know that better but like um yeah you know people trying to emulate that and then and then you know guys like dave grohl who just like unapologetically hit as hard as they possibly can you know dave, dave um, grohl sounds and that's great. a different style but you, yeah and he sounds amazing and like but you shouldn't be pigeonholed into one of them you know what i mean like you shouldn't mm-hmm. be only able to hit hard which i feel like talked to me like four years ago and that was the case you know um, sure yeah and it also depends on the instrument you're playing too like sure. there's i mean there's drum kits out there that are you know made of acrylic or whatever and like you can just 
wail on them as hard as you possibly can and i guess you're not losing anything but like yeah i mean i i you know a, a jazz drum set if you hit that too hard it just sounds horrible because it's sure. designed to to resonate and 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 react to the smallest little touches and and that's what it's for right so it's there's also a certain amount of of you know responding to what your instrument uh is asking of you or like you know vice versa like listening to how your instrument is responding to what you're doing and trying to trying to give it what it needs to sort yeah. of speak the best yeah. it can you know this is getting very skinny esoteric. <laughs> this is getting very i uh, think i said esoteric esoteric <laughs> there we go oh man but i think it's super i think there's a lot of value to that especially in the studio and i mean then you're getting into stuff like mic placement like how close are you to the microphone treating a microphone like an instrument too it's like you know a microphone's going to sound different depending on how much uh sound pressure you're putting into it and the closer you get the more bass there is and like so working that the same you know in addition to working like where am i positioning my acoustics such that i'm not only getting sure you know straight out of the sound hole 200 hertz if i move you know if the mic's on seventh fret a lot of people mic on 12th which is you know pretty good place to do it but i've done stuff where i've mic'd on seventh because it sounded better and i wasn't yeah. getting all that woofiness i wonder what it would sound like to hit very gently like super duper gently and have the mic over like directly over the sound hole like i'm talking about what i was talking about before like whisper 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 quiet yeah um that's interesting but uh yeah Probably no that, that really is cool. a, playing yeah. the mic like an instrument that is something that i do not know one thing that i did get into the practice of uh, and I need to get back into it, is playing acoustic guitar with a condenser with my in-ears on. And then that way I was just hearing what the mm. mic was hearing. Because, um, yeah, you're right, mm. that's totally the thing. Same with singers. That's a good idea. Like, I- I've heard that that's what trips out a lot of singers yeah. is they're not used to hearing their voice, like, through, like, uh, headphones or even through, like, a condenser mic. Um, and so that, that yeah. kind of throws them, you know? Yeah, I mean, it gets to the point where, like, once you get comfortable with it, like I'm, I feel like I'm more comfortable singing with a microphone than without. And you probably you learn sound how to work better it. with a mic. Yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. Because yeah. you learn how to work it. Where like when you're singing softer, you come in, and then you, you know, so then you now you don't have to sing as loud. And in the quiet moments, I can really get across by coming in. And if I'm singing a little bit louder, I can back away or whatever. Uh, and it adds, you know, it amplifies your voice. It adds all this juice to it, so you feel like yeah. a superhero sometimes. But like. Um, so yeah, when I don't have a microphone and I'm singing, it, it's, it, it can be like pretty, pretty difficult, pretty like get pretty self-conscious, you know? So, so once you get used to playing that microphone, like an instrument, it becomes your, uh, it becomes your, you know, what you're most, uh, used to your voice becomes accustomed to that rather than just singing in a room. Like that never sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Give me like some compressions. And well, I wonder like, if it was a, an yeah. awesome room. You know, like if it was a, a great room, maybe you yeah, maybe you'd yeah. like it. You know, like a like a fucking hall. Sure, yeah, like a church. No, I mean I, it, that 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 works works too. But but yeah, um, I think it's a good place to wrap yeah. us up. That was a good discussion. Got into some uh, some different stuff. Um, a healthy discussion. So if you guys like this episode, leave a comment uh, and uh, let us know. Yeah, like, what are you doing to to manage dynamics and and any other ideas like that? Um, if this episode was helpful, share it uh, with somebody who you think uh, might enjoy it. We are musicguypodcast.com for all past episodes. 
uh, at Music Guy Podcast uh, on Instagram, uh, as well as Twitter and Facebook. Uh, and if you are looking for some sweet, sweet guitar playing on your next project, uh, or maybe uh, uh, some steel, some some lap steel, or maybe some programming, uh, you can hit up Mr. Michael Hebbs, and he'd be happy to... to uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> he'd be happy to help you out. Um, and he is at Bruno the Meek on Instagram. Uh, if you would like some acoustic stuff, maybe on your next recording project, uh, or if you need, if you have a track that that needs to be mixed, or some editing stuff that you uh, you need to get done, you can hit me up, uh, Alro Music on any social media uh, platform, and I'd be happy to help you out with that. Um, and I think that's gonna do it. So we'll see everybody next week thank you so much as always for listening uh we'll see you next week we got a very special guest coming so stay tuned for that bye for now <laughs>